Hello, and welcome to You Should See the Other Guy, the podcast where we watch a romantic movie and typically tell you why the love chooser picked poorly. Sometimes we watch movies about true love. I'm Jennifer. <laughs> I am Samantha. And I am Morpheus, too. <laughs> I like, you know, those little things where they've got like a million pins in them and you can put your hand in it and then the pins go in the shape of your hand. Yes. That's what Morpheus looks like in this movie, at least when he's appearing in <laughs> meat, meat space. Uh, he does. Underground land. Yeah. Um, which what I found, I found pleasant and rather whimsical. Uh, I guess we should, <laughs> I guess people know already. We've established that people are able to read the episode title before they hear our voices, but we're talking about Matrix Resurrections or New Matrix spelled N-U Matrix as we exclusively refer to it in our planning materials. New yeah. Matrix. I have always got like, well, I even saw Keanu Reeves himself on this press tour get confused and say Matrix Revolutions instead of Matrix Resurrections. And New Matrix, it's just there. It sums it it's up. A lot it's perfect. Of it's flawless. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a ecological acronym, Matrix Reduce, Matrix, Matrix Reuse, Matrix Recycle. New Matrix. <laughs> Matrix Comment on the Recycling. Uh, nudge, nudge. Um, I guess we kind of need to say what happens in New Matrix. I think the basic premise, the thing you need to know from the original trilogy, besides like <laughs> the whole conceit and everything, is that at the end, <laughs> Trinity is dead is, and Neo. <laughs> The rest is self Neo gives himself over to the machines to like uh, bring about a peace treaty so that the people underground in Zion can continue living in peace and the machines can keep going. Like he surrenders yeah. his body like, to them and they Neo promise. as like if he were Commander Shepard in the Mass Effect trilogy, he picked the synthesis ending. <laughs> Yes. And I mean, I don't know, it was kind of a bittersweet ending for the trilogy, as I see, as I recall from like, growing up with well and these movies are such romances at heart that neo he really was inspired you know to save humanity not only for humanity but mostly because he was in love with trinity and that's what she wanted for the human species and then she was dead so what more did he have to live for yeah sweet really and so this one is even more explicitly a love story um Somehow, Keanu Reeves is back in the Matrix, but he doesn't know it. He's like, you know, in his 40s or 50s or something. How, what is he in I real life? 47 or something like exactly that? exactly in real life now. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he is a game developer in San Francisco who has created an award-winning trilogy of games called The Matrix that are essentially just experiences he actually lived through that he doesn't know that he lived through that he made into a photorealistic game. Um, and a shockingly photorealistic <laughs> game. Almost looks as though it yes. were clips from a movie. <laughs> Hashtag dead life, dad's you know? discarded Oculus could <laughs> never. <laughs> Uh, 
um, who wants to take it from here, that Jonathan Groff, Keanu's boss, calls Keanu into his office and says, dot, dot, dot. Well, oh, apparently yeah. so Keanu's I can had, take like, over. He, you take over. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of success with the, with the first trilogy, but it's kind of, like, done. And Keanu Reeves has said that he does not want to make another one. But then uh, Jonathan Groff's character, it, I, I don't know, spoiler to later on in the summary, but Jonathan Groff is, becomes Agent Smith, is Agent Smith um, in a new form. And so he says that uh, Neo has to make another Matrix, Matrix 4. And so it's very meta here for a, for a bit where like it seems almost like a mirroring. And I think it's also like Warner Brothers, they specifically say like are making them make a fourth matrix movie and um neo who does not go by neo i can't remember his like uh straight mr anderson thomas anderson he is struggling with a lot of psychotic breaks because he um, get, has these visions and sometimes thinks that the matrix is real and gets pulled into these hallucinations. And so he has a therapist played by Neil Patrick Harris who prescribes him these blue pills that he takes every day and it keeps him firmly planted in quote unquote reality. And um, you know, when he touches mirror, it feels like a mirror, feels like a hard surface, right? But he has this niggling in the back of his head that there's that you know that that these hallucinations are memories, but he kind of blocks it out, continues to take his pills, and continues to um, be pushed and forced into a um, brainstorm group to create Matrix Four. Then he goes to this coffee shop, and you see Trinity. She is there, alive and well, and she has a child and a husband named Brad. Is his name Brad or Chad? Chad? Something <laughs> fucked up. Chad. Chad. And, wow. um, Something fucked up. They, <laughs> Sadie, I love he's, you. He's like drawn. <laughs> he's like drawn to her. And so at the pushing of one of his, uh, one of Jonathan Groff's lackey game designer guys, he introduces himself to her and they have this very magnetic scene where they don't remember each other, but like she looks exactly like his game character, Trinity. Um, and it's, you know, it's a very, I don't know. It's, oh my God. I love, can I just say as an aside, I love when two characters love each other, but then both forget about each other and then they re-meet and it's like, oh God, inject it directly into my veins. <laughs> um, I concur. Yeah. There was some good eye contact. Carrie Ann Moss has these just subtle little facial expressions and eye movements that are like incredible. She's a great actress. I think incredibly underutilized. Um, oh, absolutely. She's been in great stuff, but I think like, I don't know. And Keanu. I wish there were. Yeah. He is like unparalleled at staring at a woman in adoration, which Carrie Ann Moss deserves. Yeah. I also love in this movie, what because Keanu meets a lot of people whose names he has to learn or relearn. 
for the first time. And he says it like he has also just learned the English language for the first time. He'll be like, Niobe. <laughs> Trinity. I remember. <laughs> it's like, dude, they're just syllables. But I find it kind of endearing. And then meanwhile... Oh God, <laughs> let me, <laughs> I feel like this I've is the part where I, I feel like of- we kind of need to be a little impressionistic because <laughs> there's like a ragtag group of new survivors, including blue haired Bugsy, new Morpheus, who is now like a, a program now spirit come to there's life, a program come- <laughs> yeah. lesbian Yassified Morpheus. <laughs> and then the entire cast of Sense8. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And they are the new crew of the Nebuchadnezzar, whatever their the ship was called. Or yeah. I don't think the they Ebenezer. call their ship the Nebuchadnezzar. But basically, like structurally, we're just redoing the Matrix one over again, except this time Keanu and Trinity are like the old heroes who are inspiring the new generation. So it's at like once a commentary on like kind of recycling the same ideas, but also like structurally very Matrix One-like in that, you know, he gets a message at work and has to follow the, the you know, strange people through the looking glass and, um, and discover the true nature of reality, which is that reality itself isn't real and that machines are using humans as human batteries and that um, he, in fact, is a human battery and Trinity is still a human battery and their twin human batteriness is playing some important structural <laughs> role in maintaining new matrix that we don't fully understand is so powerful when they are kept apart from one another that it like runs like servers for all of the matrixes nfts yeah what was the saying in star wars the rise of skywalker of like twins in the force or something like that it's it's that kind of vibe where they're like all along like it's been it hasn't been about neo it's been about the both of you or whatever it's about but like the midway through, love. it becomes like a heist movie, yeah. right? Like they, they gotta need get to go Trinity get Trinity's body out of the little like her body and her brain simultaneously via different arms of the mission. How much detail should we go into in the Trinity liberation? Not very much. I would say the important thing is so they have some of these like many characters um, who are here from Sense8 split off, and also Priyanka Chopra shows up and. Um, they go in the um, Neo and and company go in the Matrix to try to find Trinity in the Matrix itself, while New Morpheus um, and some of the little robot buddies go to get her body out. And um, anyway, Neo has a little talk with Trinity and is trying to get her out. But it turns out that Neil Patrick Harris, the analyst, is the new big bad guy who is keeping them trapped in the Matrix. And he thinks he's really got Neo over a barrel because he can unplug Trinity if Neo doesn't come back and get plugged in himself. But Neo, they set up like a trade-off. So Neo goes like walking into the coffee shop like... 
you know, through like a bazillion agent soldiers and, uh, and they're going to have this like face off. And the important thing is like red pill or blue pill, whatever that's symbolic, but the person you're taking out of the matrix, like bodily in the real world has to make the decision to get unplugged themselves to accept that it's not reality or they die in that reality. So it's all on Keanu to like look soulfully enough at Trinity that she will choose to dump who she thinks are her real children and her husband, who she does not like very much, <laughs> in the Matrix. And the kids almost keep her there. But then, fortunately, um, Chad calls her Tiffany one too many times at the end. And she really hates that. So then she's back in action and just fucking kicking slow-mo ass all over the place. And it's the greatest thing in the world. And and that's like the thing where Bugs has to get like plugged in as Trinity for a second while they like get her body out of the little goo pod. And like, I really liked that part. That was kind of intense. Like if Samantha is like in a halo match, like in the thick of it. And then it's like, Jen, quick, I have to pass you the controller for 30 seconds and you have to stay alive until I get plugged back in. And so like Bugs had to do that part. And that was cool to see how like Bugs, as badass as they were, were like struggling with the, you know, controlling the trinity-ness of everything. But then Carrie Ann Moss gets plugged back in and her eyes are like, Shpow! and then they're just like fucking whipping ass all over the place and throwing everybody through stuff. And then they escape. And then there's this big, awesome motorcycle sequence. And then Neil Patrick Harris is all like, oh, I can like really cheesily like turn all the other people in the Matrix into little like, you know, human bombs or whatever. And so like civilian people who are still plugged in the Matrix are leaping out of, uh, you know, like sky rises and stuff and exploding on the road while they're having a big motorcycle sequence running away. And they have to go like over an oncoming car and they have to go under an oncoming car. And there's lots of explosions all over the place and everything was really awesome. And I like that part a lot. And then all their buddies are about to die. Then uh, I think it out of there. Is it, and now that Jonathan Groff and Neil Patrick Harris fight, or was oh, that? Oh yeah, earlier? no, that's while they were. There's still internal in. dissension among the big yeah, bads. Yeah, so Smith was the a former big bad, but then he I got freed that. from the system. Yes, by all of Neo's shenanigans, Neo and company shenanigans in the original trilogy. So I think did I understand correctly that New Smith was also in imprisoned in this new matrix um they've got him the neil patrick harris character was very pleased with his little jokes you know um kind of like demeaning the the, you know entities he has trapped in this system he was like kind of um he was kind of belled and hooded a little bit you know yeah yeah jen to answer your question of how they escape they get backed up into a corner and they're like Hey, Neo, can you fly again yet? And he's like, nope. But then it turns out Trinity can Trinity fly. can fly. And Neo can do super shield powers. Yeah. So Trinity is like flying Keanu around and he's like, are you doing this? <laughs> and and um, and they like fly off and everything is awesome. And at the end, they like go to Neil Patrick Harris's house to beat him up and be like, we're going to do with the Matrix, whatever the fuck we want to do, because we're in love Hell in yeah. Neil Patrick Harris in, um, I think, embodying a Warner Brothers executive, <laughs> or at least serving as a kind of mouthpiece for what Lana Wachowski has probably heard <laughs> from a Warner Brothers executive says, like, audiences don't want this sentimental crap. 
uh, they'll be back. They'll choose to stay in my like cold, austere, violent matrix. <laughs> Um, and they're just like, fuck you, we're in love, and they fly off into the sky. They fly off into the sky, and a cover of Rage Against the Machines, Wake Up plays by Brass Against, and her voice is really awesome, even if it did make me think of the recent Piss incident, and I loved it. Sadie, what did you think of New Matrix? Well, Samantha, I'm so glad you asked, Um, and also for letting the youth go first. Um, I <laughs> H before beauty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> er, Damn, so in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I, I'm, I'm quite a big fan of of the Matrix original trilogy, and yet I also hate sad endings. So I always avoided the last one, and I usually like I've seen the first one by far the most times and I just kind of like to forget about how Neo and Trinity end up Um, and also that there isn't for me a super satisfying conclusion Um, and so I quite loved this this Matrix I was very hesitant about it but I think that I loved the meta aspect of it I thought that that was super super interesting Um, I think that it kind of got I, I, I have mixed feelings for the use of Neil Patrick Harris as like the analyst person. I don't know how much I loved him or like the concept of him as a big bad. I don't know if it totally made sense to me. And I also think that in a lot of ways, this felt like a fan fiction of the previous ones rather than like a super clear continuation. But nonetheless, I really enjoyed it. And I think that everyone was fantastic. I loved all of the new edition people. And I also think that, first of all, the soundtrack slapped. And also Jonathan Groff looked like he was having the best time of his life. And I think that he was a really good spiritual successor to Agent Smith. And I, of course, thought that I also thought the Morpheus was a great successor to the original Morpheus as well. He was chewing the scenery in a great way. He was having so much fun. Probably the most fun of anyone in the movie. God. Yeah. Can you just imagine like the dream you grew up like watching this shit and you're going to be an actor and then it's like, guess what? You're going to be Morpheus, but the hot computer version who's going to wear even brighter colors. God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dream come true. I haven't seen him in other things uh, that that have stuck in my mind, at least. And now I want to seek out more performances from new Morpheus. He was so great in The Get Down, which is incredibly frustrating because there were supposed to be three seasons of it. And instead, there are only two. And it ends, you know, with beloved characters in very difficult positions that were supposed to be wrapped up in the third season. But he is an amazing disco dancing drug dealer. And that's the first place I ever encountered him. And I would highly recommend checking him out in that. He was Don't worry, 20 years later, you'll get the (laughs) Candyman. Yes. Um, Which was incredibly stressful. And I would never watch it again, but he was very good in it. I have not seen new Candyman either. It's also in um, New Watchmen, the TV show. Wow, just (laughs) racking up all the news. I guess that's what working as an actor in Hollywood is. He is a villain in... 
I think they had him stay alive in Aquaman. He was like a minor villain at the beginning, so they can bring him back later. Damn, also RIP to Jason Momoa and Lisa Bonet's marriage. Let's just all have a moment of silence. Wait, what? Poor Aquaman. Yeah, they just announced it last night. Oh my God. He was spending too much time in the ocean for her. Um, I'm sorry, Jennifer, I'm not treating it with the reverence that you called for. <laughs> it's, it still didn't I... hurt me as badly as it did when Channing Tatum and Jenna Dewan split, but she has found happiness with oh. another now. So <laughs> I really liked New Matrix, and I'll say why instead of just saying that sentence. <laughs> I thought the the thing that I didn't that I found lackluster about it were the action sequences. I don't think they were filmed as compellingly as the first movie and except for the people becoming like suicide bombers and launching themselves out of windows, it just didn't feel like there were there were like new ideas happening, which like it's hard to top the bar of like what the original Matrix trilogy did to cinema and did to American action cinema specifically by kind of like being its own thing, using the technology of the like 360 camera shots, importing all of this like Hong Kong action, like influence as well and like popularizing it in a big budget movie. Anyway, point being the action for me was kind of B range, but I loved, loved, loved the commentary on like reboot culture and um, and just like endlessly recycling things and on that very sense 80 vibe of like being into human beings loving each other still <laughs> like as uh-huh. as a revolutionary storytelling idea that people seem to have lost sight of and like what impressed me about it I think was that it had some actual teeth to it you know like there's a winky way that you could do the whole like warner brothers was gonna make one whether we wanted to or not stuff like you could do it in a way where you're like haha we're like playfully poking fun at our like overlords the way like late night hosts do with their own tv networks or something knowing all the while that they're just like gonna stay super buddy buddy and chummy with all the executives there this really to me felt like lana wachowski like was literally told we're gonna make another one of these with or without you and lana wachowski in addition to being personally motivated to tell it for reasons we can bring up later was just like no uh i guess i'll do it and do it in a way that you can't possibly do anything else with it. <laughs> like yeah. like just paint you into the like like worst fucking corner you could possibly be in to like try to keep this going in anything except for like extended universe fiction. Um and I that takes guts and that was pretty incredible. I agree. And I quite enjoyed it. It would be like full like academic thesis material to try to delve into what happened with creepy alt-right MRAs embracing the term red pill and trying to take the seemingly very clear messages of the first movie and trilogy and then turn them into something totally opposite. Well, we think it's clear. (laughs) Yeah, right. That uh, it it sort of, it it worked for me on two levels. A lot of the responses to Warner Brothers, you know, where Bugs has that excellent speech to Neo about 
their story uh, meaning so much to someone like like Bugs and company. And then the stories being taken and turned into something uh, weaponized against against you. And uh, so it, it really worked kind of as a, a, you know, back in your face to like, you know, <laughs> movie executives who, who wanted to dictate how the narrative was going to go and so-called supposed fans, you know, who really missed the point so badly that I don't know what kind of metaphor to use <laughs> to describe it. Yeah, it, like <laughs> uh, there's this montage scene where we're seeing that like Thomas Anderson has lived through like endless cycles of this story of like making a Matrix 4 or something. And it keeps on showing clips of people brainstorming how to make the Matrix 4, like game developers, like, shooting the shit around a table and they're all just like to me matrix was about the violence <laughs> and you know another's yeah. like to me it's about bullet time and and like this to me feels like lana wachowski saying like it like the most important part of it to me was the love story which i think if you were watching matrixes one through three it had badass action but like what the filmmakers were clearly most well, invested in was blatant. like neo heart trinity forever yeah. at the i rewatched the first one <laughs> and after um finishing this one and the, it, it, at the end of that that's the whole i mean neo is like googly eyeing at trinity all the way out of the matrix and back in you know and when he is like gonna um like they think he's gonna die or whatever and then he like stops the bullets and get when he, whatever he he like comes out of the matrix at the end trinity is waiting for him and like grabs him and like tells him like what the oracle told her that she refused to say at the beginning and it's the oracle told me that i I would meet someone and he would be the one or that I would fall in love. That's what it was. Not I would meet someone. I'm sure she's met other people that I would fall in love and he would be the one. And it's like, Oh, because that's like, you know, they say that Neo's not the one as in Morpheus's prophecy, but then they like build their own, uh, you know, it's their choices that make the prophecy happen. And it's that he's the one for Trinity and it's the power of love. Ugh. Yeah, it's just really the blatantly rom romantic. Calm girlies <laughs> cannot stop winning. <laughs> and that is all I have to say about that. I think <laughs> I I loved like the direction that Lana took this movie because I think that this was also her kind of correcting people, like you guys said, of like, no, no, like there was action in this, but there, like the main core of this is love and heart. And like getting back to that with this movie is so, so good. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Because having lived through the first Matrix in that like middle school, high school age, I think for a lot of people, the key cultural takeaway was just like the shooting up the federal building scene or whatever, you know, like it just grim dark, like I'm going to wear a black trench coat at school now to show how asocial I am and like how much I want to unplug from this reality and stuff. Like it seemed like there was a segment of the audience who misinterpreted the film and that explains how you get red pill 
stuff out of it who who were just took it as like an antisocial hypothesis when in fact it was like like strongly pro-social it was about like the bonds this ragtag group of survivors formed with each other and the love they had for each other and i think explains part of why some fans reacted poorly to like the second movie just like having a big rave (laughs) sequence where everybody's just like doing molly and like 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 sweating on each other you know it's like no these people still want to be around people this is not like uh you know go so in the corner and think about how much the world hates you. Yeah, it's really, I just don't understand how you could watch the first movie and think the point is I deserve to be able to do whatever I want with the woman or to the woman in the red dress. And like, that is your takeaway. (laughs) But, oh, that's just like when those, um, really rich people celebrities were like oh my god i loved parasite that was crazy you guys <laughs> like <"Fuck> you. <laughs> um, but no what i was going to say is like i think it's also really interesting to see how overt lana has become in her messaging since the matrix because like the matrix trilogy ended like so long ago and like when you're a creative creator like you know you you change and evolve and so like seeing how i mean obviously a radically different like you know subject matter but like you can definitely see like the style that she developed on sense8 definitely coming through with this new matrix and like pulling from those elements of the second matrix and just like the heart of it and like the i don't know it's just like something intangible but like even without casting a lot of the um cast members from sensate into this movie i feel like it it i would have been able to pick it out even if i had no idea who the directors are i would have been able to be like ah yes that person has created matrix (laughs) this one i feel Um, like there was such a sense of joy in this one maybe the the intangible a little bit to speak to that what you're you're trying to articulate sadie is that in the first trilogy which um, of course i you know adore (laughs) which scene is masterfully articulated yes But it's this one, like the, the first was stumbling movies. around in the dark, trying to piece together with her childish Sadie blocks. Is expressing yeah. is what Sadie was dance. trying to say, but ended up saying "goo goo gaga." I did not uh, say that, Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> I am not wielding my great age over Sadie this year. That's that's a resolution I didn't realize I had made until just now. So you're welcome. Little Sadie. <laughs> I'm not making the same resolution. I oh. I will c- take the equal and opposite reaction to Jen's resolution. <laughs> but this movie, like the, the first saying- movie, you watch it and it has the, the sense of defiance is so powerful and the fuck you and the we're not going to take this. Mm-hmm. But this movie was just, I, I didn't really expect it when I sat down beaten the fuck down by the end, you know, well, by the whole year of 2021 to watch this on my couch on HBO. And, uh, you know, it dragged for me during, and I, I see why if you've done this world building, you want to show what's going on in the real world outside of the matrix. It ran a little bit long for me during some of those parts, 
But, you know, I was jumping off the couch at the end with glee. I was, you know, biting my knuckles, waiting for Neo and Trinity to kiss at the end. And it was just so hopeful. And it was so nice to see a narrative. You know, I guess there's a lot of, it it makes me feel very hopeless sometimes to see, um, these sort of repetitions of cycles of history and how bad things get and to feel like all this effort that's come before and where, what do we have to show for it? Where are we now? Things still suck. And to see this narrative about people who are older, who got retrapped inside a confining system again, very similar to what had them before, mm-hmm. and they still have to fight to break free of it, but it's easier for them this time. And they, <laughs> you know, and they're they're ready to paint the sky with the rainbows or whatever cheesy stuff they want to do at the end when they're in love after they beat the fuck out of Neil Patrick Harris. And I just didn't expect to feel as good as my first viewing of this movie made me feel. So thank you, Lana. Yeah. <laughs> I handshake emoji with Sadie here on happy endings. And I think there's a mistaken belief that for a story to have a happy ending means that it is unsophisticated. And I feel like this whole movie is kind of a middle finger to that notion. Like, like there is no ambiguity here. Like, they are together, they are like uh, gods, and they love each other. And it's like, cool. But the way that you got there uh, was very nuanced and interesting and layered and um, allegorically rich. And I think, yeah, has a lot to say about lives that we choose for ourselves and second acts. And yeah. Yeah. And, and like them getting literally like the Greece ending, like the ending from Greece. I was like <laughs> hooting, hollering, crying, shaking, throwing up in the theater. I was, I was, I loved it. I ate it up with a spoon. And like also as that it's so powerful because the original Matrix trilogy is so much of like a queer allegory, a trans allegory. And like there's not much inherently revolutionary by having those people and that storyline have such a sad, bittersweet ending. And this itself is so revolutionary of having that happy ending. And it's so beautiful to see. And again, like, it's not like it's just like, blah, here's a happy ending, whatever. Like, it's so thoughtfully crafted, and so satisfying, and it's hopeful. And like, you can't make, I guess you can, but like, what's the fun of creating commentary about this system that we're all stuck in this like hamster wheel, when you don't give people hope that they can get out of it and end up flying off into the sunset with their like beautiful goddess girlfriend, you know? Yeah. God. And just the, the queerness of everything in this, I mean, astounding again, like, you know, doctoral thesis level to talk about everything queer in these movies and this movie alone. But I would say two of the things that really struck me um, again were, uh, oh, come, going back to uh, remember our Phantom Thread episode and um, uh, uh, your all's conclusion, <laughs> <laughs> Samantha's conclusion about uh, the Phantom Thread marriage being a queer relationship, you know, because of the uh, the untraditional power dynamics at play. Yes, unorthodox. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> there was really a point. Neo didn't do anything violent in this movie, did he? Like ever at all. He was full. Uh, the only time he ever even like blasted Smith off is when he like shield powers harder than he had before. You know, <laughs> I guess he really he was kind of the. Trinity is definitely the the real ass kicker badass of the two. Um, and he loves her for it. And I think that's beautiful. And then I was thinking about our own beloved Samantha's book, Real Queer America, while watching this. And especially in the montage where uh, the analyst was talking about their efforts to... Um, power this matrix system with the Neo and Trinity battery and how if they got them too close together or they were allowed to discover each other, you know, that they would they would find their way together and blow up the fucking system again. They're always searching for that. It made me think about Samantha, your beautiful likening of queerness to to, you know, plants growing up through sidewalk cracks that you can try to pave over queer love and and to stamp it out and to deny people resources and to put them in a system where they think it's not possible. But the queer people are going to find each other and they're going to find they're going to find love and what we all need, you know, and I just it just gave me lots of feels. They're going to find each other. They're going to die there. Hair and they are going to fight in virtual dojos. <laughs> they know kung fu. By God, <laughs> this is the way. Well, well, do we have to argue for Chad? Given that this is <laughs> this is the corner we've painted ourselves into, because the central choice in this is Trinity choosing whether or not to go with this stranger who's trying to tell her that reality is a lie. <laughs> or stay with her generically handsome looking husband and and presumably bratty okay. child. I, I think I, <laughs> we don't, don't have to necessarily vibes, argue for Bra- Chad, Brad, uh, whatever, versus Keanu, but like, wh- what would we choose if we were in Trinity's shoes? Like, would we choose our quote-unquote child and our husband and like this life that we have that's like idyllic kind of or would we choose like you know bursting open in a slime pod in like a sunless (laughs) reality you know (laughs) where I'm bald (laughs) I think that like (laughs) I think that also like before she chooses to inform her choice for some informed consent here she should be able to preview the food in both realities (laughs) in one she continues to get to go to simulate and have croissants and, you know, uh, curated coffee. And in the other, she eats like slop and now they grow a few strawberries, I guess. Right? And motorcycles exist in the Matrix. Not so certain how that's happening in the real world at this stage. Yeah. I think from a quality of life perspective, I would choose to stay in the metri- <laughs> Matrix. From, yeah. uh, uh, from a cowardice perspective of being... Uh, afraid to be fully myself, I would also pick the matrix. <laughs> Damn, Samantha. <laughs> so our pro matrix. And from, <laughs> and from an inertia perspective of my life is going in this direction anyway, also matrix. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was actually, Matrix, Matrix, I think Matrix. I paused to tweet this while I was watching though. When Neo goes back in to find Trinity, you know, and she's like working in her, like she's got like an angle grinder out or something in her badass motorcycle machine shop. I was thinking like, okay, so if, if Justin and I are stuck in the matrix, he probably is going to be the one to get woken up first. I'm thinking, and then he's going to do all this trouble to like get back into the matrix and find me. And what am I going to be doing? Am I going to be like in a badass motorcycle shop? No, he's going to be playing me. Pokemon Go. <laughs> playing Pokemon Go. He's going to show up at a Pokey stop. <laughs> I'm going to be like, I knew I'd find you here <laughs> with their rare squirtles. <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> I feel like if I were approached by like Morpheus, I'd be like, okay, that sounds great. I'm down. I'm down with the revolution. Uh, but just let me know like which pot neighborhood has my cat. Like, how do I get her? And then he'd have to be like, right. I don't know how to tell you this. <laughs> your cat is entirely a simulation. There is, they don't have the cats hooked up to little tubes in little small slime pods. She's not real. And I'd be like, well, it's been nice knowing you. Can you just, can you just leave? Like, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll stay. Maybe they do. <laughs> and they're like the equivalent of watch batteries in the matrix or something you know like humans are d batteries kids are like triple a batteries and pets are uh, oh my god little micro electronics that's probably the meaning of that um post-credit scene where they're talking about the cat tricks at the end definitely the sequel they're gonna break in to free the cats from the matrix (laughs) i'm down be very down with that too. I all Can of you the, just imagine all of the I want there to be a line where they like, like they're yeah. hairless. <laughs> <laughs> I want them to see a hairless cat and for in the same way that happens in the first movie, someone to be like, that's a glitch in the matrix. <laughs> like that they say about Deja It'll be Vu like the something. Neo cat, like we'll see it with hair, like in the, the cat matrix. And then when <laughs> uh, they wake up in the pod, there'll be a hairless cat. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> With a little plug in the back of their little cat <laughs> So, Jen, when Justin shows up at the Pokestop, are you going to leave the Matrix? Or are you going to say, I've got a Snorlax to catch? Sorry, like, bro. Like those LAPD cops last week or whatever who got fired for ignoring a robbery in progress call to catch a Snorlax. Um I think that I probably will exit the Matrix when Justin comes to tell me that it's time because I would trust him um, that this reality was not legit if he told me so. And because uh, I I would be very upset and Ed would have a mourning process if I found out that my pets were simulations. But since I do not have human children, that does make the decision a little bit easier. Now, I already was ragging on the movie running a little too long because of the the real world scenes where we learn about how they have machine friends now and they grow strawberries. But that is really like something that you could write some fanfic about or somebody could devote a little more time to is Trinity and her fake children and what went into that decision to leave them. Because that's why she originally said no 
know it was too late that she would choose to stay because she still believes that they are her children. Um, and I think that she must have just had so powerfully the the memory of what came before and that the scenario is wrong and that this is not what she chose and not what she's done. Um, I don't think that she really, I don't want to think that Trinity cast children aside so easily as it, you know, kind of might appear have appeared there for a minute. But again, Carrie Ann Moss is a great actress and Chad there, which I of course found that hilarious because the whole virgin versus Chad's, you know, MRA memes or whatever. And, and the fact that that is um, apparently Keanu Reeves stunt double from the original matrix movies, uh, Chad Stahelski or something. He's now the director of the John Wick movies and his real name is Chad. So yeah, it worked on a lot of levels again. (laughs) Will the matrix provide Chad a new wife? I mean, I would think that Chad could get some volunteers. He he is a handsome Chad. Chad, join the revolution. Chad, yeah, Chad, join the revolution. Is do you think Chad was even a real human who was plugged in or was he fully a program? Oh, I wonder. I <laughs> when we when we left the movie theater, I turned to Elliot and I said, so is Neil Patrick Harris a robot or is he just an AI? And then there was a pause. And then Elliot said, I need you to reflect on why what you asked me is is insane. It's like they're both robots. <laughs> He's a program. It's he doesn't have physical are- form. Yeah, outside of. But yeah. that was very interesting. So did New Morpheus, was New Morpheus coded by Neo? Did he like come to self-awareness after yes. having been written as a program for this game that was made to exist in the Matrix by reconstituted and replugged in Thomas Anderson? Because original Morpheus was a human so, who right? is dead and now has a statue made of him. Yeah, that, that was my understanding. I think that's how it went. New Morpheus was all, all t- also pretty quick to jump in because he was like living that agent life at the very beginning and then he saw Bug his blue hair and was like, all right, let's go. I want to wear color again. (laughs) (laughs) His whole investment in this is is based on the entire spectrum of ultraviolet light. (laughs) Um, Sadie, when your true love finds you in uh, like the boba shop sprinkling seeds on top of your boba... Um, will you, will you abandon the matrix and become a sludge pod girl? Um, I, I think I would. I, I'd be, I, I, here's, okay. Honestly, and this is reaching a level of like true self-understanding. I would say yes, fully not understanding any of the actual ramifications of what I believe (laughs) Like, they would be like, yeah, so you're going, I mean, like, don't even bother. Sure. You don't have to tell me anything. (laughs) Whatever. I'm down for it all. And then I'm like, I'm born in the sludge pod thing. And I'm like, oh, my God. Sadie, I just can't imagine you bald. But it'd be too late. Like without your curls. Actually, Hannah has photoshopped (laughs) me bald once. Let me actually find the... Wakes up out of the Matrix, Sadie. bald. (laughs) (laughs) But... Yeah, I think that I would just, I would be like, I would agree to it because I'm 
<laughs> silly. And then I would uh, deeply regret it. And then I would be basically inconsolable, incredibly annoying, uh, very much a burden and definitely the weakest link for like the first month. And then I would <laughs> one day wake up and completely get over it. And I will, I'll be totally fine. Because that's how I handle most things that come to me as a hardship is I'm just inconsolable about it for like a few days or weeks or whatever. And then one day I wake up and I'm like, oh yeah, that's not bad at all. And then I just deal with it. <laughs> I but, but I do. But Sadie I do would become... steal. <laughs> Sadie would steal all of the underground city's strawberries <laughs> on, on day one. Yeah. <laughs> And be like, I am taking all of these to save for myself. And then they'd be like, huh, the new survivors showed up and all our strawberries disappeared. (laughs) So you know what would actually suck, though, from the original movies would be to be one of the, uh, the real world born people who never came out of the Matrix. Because, you know, if you ever want to switch up your oh, style, yeah. you want to have blue hair, you want to, like, look fucking awesome, you got to go on a mission in the Matrix so you can wear all that latex and shit, you know? But if you're just born in the real world and you don't have the plug in the back of your head, you're going to have to wait till it's, like, official sanctioned, like, dance orgy time. And that's the only fun you get. Yeah. Yeah, oh, New Morpheus I, I, would not survive in the burlap sack uh, <laughs> fashion of Zion. Say, their the knitwear trilogy. improved a lot in this one, though. Their real, real world knitwear. Bugs' sweater was pretty sweet. I definitely would be like, like on day two, I'd be like, okay, okay, I'm done crying now. And then I would be like, so. Like, where's the nearest TV? Where? How do I stream the latest? <laughs> how do I stream Felicity? I only got to season two. Like, how do I wrap that up? And like, I, I once again, I'm sorry to tell you <laughs> that that you cannot finish Felicity. And I'd be like, oh my god! I'm like, well, at least can I get some of my old hats back? And they're like, they did, they didn't exist. You just have to wear this like minimalist gray linen dress now and I'm like oh god send me back (laughs) like I I don't I'm sure that I have told this story before but I was homeschooled up until ninth grade and then I my mom was like do you want to go to public school like high school and I was like oh yeah bring it on I got it and then (laughs) I literally for the first week I would come home sobbing and I would I would like grab my mom like I would I was inconsolable like I would I'm like please I don't want to do this anymore I hate it it's a nightmare I hate this reality and my mom would be like I it's it's too late you're fine (laughs) you'll get over it (laughs) and then like after week two I was like okay yeah this is fine but once again I made my parents lives incredibly difficult for seven straight days because <laughs> I would come home and I'd be like, I'm going to die. I'm going to run away. I never want to do this again. This is a nightmare. I have to be places at certain times and everyone's mean and I don't know what homework is. And I hate, I hate the food that they have and I, the bus smells and I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> 
Damn, Sadie, and that's also, a good point. If you could survive school, sudden introduction to public school from like a life of freedom, you would definitely be able to thrive after being woken up out of the matrix. Like, <laughs> or conversely, being too. plugged into the matrix, <laughs> which I think is more apt description of going from freedom to public well, <laughs> the food well just in um, terms of like <laughs> happiness level i feel like it's pretty comparable to like being in a utopia and then waking up in a sludge pod <laughs> yeah yeah foucault was right about public schooling and just schooling in general um wonder what foucault is doing in the matrix being a little bald battery <laughs> i guess <laughs> <laughs> When they had like Keanu looking bald and his like to everybody else in the Matrix, they let Trinity look like a, you know, kind of like basic, but very hot blonde soccer mom. But Keanu had to be shorter and balder. Yeah, my my my, you know, wild card pairing for this one is Jonathan Groff and Keanu Reeves. You know, um, there is a deep uh-huh. and abiding respect there. The sexual tension is absolutely present. Yeah, it's off the tracks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like if Trinity were not on the table for Neo, things might progress a little differently, you know? I mean, I always felt like there was yeah. kind of a weird amount of not not sexual tension between Neo and Agent Smith. So I see it. Yeah, I don't think Hugo Weaving really brought it to the performance in the quite the way that Jonathan Groff did. But the, yeah, there was always this like fascination with Neo of like, I want to destroy you, but I also want to like eat you. Um, that feels very queer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Indeed. Um, any more Matrix pairings? Well, we also are all shipping Bugs with the chick with the awesome hair, right? Who clutched Bugs. You'll have to be more specific. <laughs> called the Bugsy when being rescued at the end there. The one that was um, Leto's oh, yeah. fake girlfriend and Sensei. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm totally I'm down, down for, for any gayness. At the same time, I cannot be bothered to pay attention to any character in this movie whose name is not Neo Trinity or Morpheus. Because <laughs> um, I know there's not going to be another one of these that like continues their story or something. As cool as that would be, like yeah. maybe they could have like know, some comics or like the Animatrix. Aren't they like what's going on with video games of this? Because this was a very video game ish iteration. There will probably be another one, right? I mean, if anything, this movie is a commentary on how studios have no <laughs> new IP anymore. So you know. If they can recycle it by just acknowledging that they're recycling it, I guess keep going. I have managed to kind of keep a little bit of chill about, you know the like two companies in the world owning literally like all intellectual property. But that was a really difficult moment when I watched new space jam last year and actually saw like they had like a Neo from the matrix come zipping through at one part and just my heart hurt so much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there'll be a, creativity after the apocalypse that's my not like a literal apocalypse but the creative apocalypse that's my lana wachowski-esque hope is that maybe after 50 years of regurgitating all pop culture that's been produced so far um (laughs) 
I don't know, like a giant <laughs> magnet will erase like the server farm where <laughs> all the movies are. People would be and like, all the physical media will have decayed, and everyone will just have to start. The unplugged over people for a few generations are going to be like staging like live reenactments of The Office or something. <laughs> 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 just doing like Dwight gym pranks around a campfire. <laughs> and then the stapler goes in the, no, that's office space, but that's what would happen, right? That's like, what these children, the stories of, would blend. The children of Zion have grown up to, yeah. <laughs> the unplugged, they would call themselves. I mean, that's kind of what Horizon Zero Dawn is about. A great, a great, uh, a great little game where like the robots are bad and everything has been lost and human history is like starting over. Let's do that with movies. Let's find out where Netflix is and just run through it with a magnet. Um, <laughs> we'll go in like, um, we'll switch from the Matrix to like hacker style. Um, Samantha, go in there like zero cool and acid burn. <laughs> Delete yeah. the archives. Yeah, we'll send an email in advance to let anyone with pacemakers leave the building. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we don't want to literally kill anyone, just all content. <laughs> that's been created so far. Man, I wonder what the fresh wave of content in the immediate aftermath would be like. Chaos. Uh, probably like refreshingly simple, right? They're like, what if someone needs to go on a, a journey, a hero's journey? <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, whoa. What? Whoever thought of someone that Someone conquering circumstances. <laughs> Incredible. Wow. Sadie, Justin watched um, The Eternals recently while oh. I was just like bopping around and I, having semi paid attention to what happened, I really couldn't tell you what the fuck happened in that movie, except that Jimmy Chan had sex with that one yeah. guy on a beach. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I have Shall very we rate? mixed feelings on The Eternals. And oh, that's all I'll uh, say. On The Eternals. <laughs> Separate. Okay. I've heard it's the worst one. I haven't seen one I, an MCU thing. I disagree thing in a long time. with that. And also I'll talk I'll I'll try I'll try to articulate at some other point. At some point. I think I did also co-opt most of like the first bonus episode. Uh you can check it out on patreon.com slash East Hog. Um YSSTOG. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, East Hog. Easthog.com or patreon.com slash YSSTOG. Yes. I uh but I liked how it did something different. I don't think that it was able to do it super well, just because Disney once again got in the way of creating a truly, truly interesting movie. But I liked elements of it much more than I've liked like every Avengers movie that's ever been made. So I have conflicting thoughts on it. I feel like that was also my, I, I got Disney Plus uh, for a month over the um, holiday break to watch some stuff on there. Tried to get into the Loki TV show because it started out really promisingly for me, uh -huh. but it was almost immediately hamstrung because it wasn't allowed to be really, truly queer. And that is what would have made yes. that whole conceit work. It's Disney, baby. <laughs> 
Disney, death, ask Bruce Willis. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, Loki looked at a poster of a boy once when he was a teenager. And that's that's as much queerness of his character we'd be willing to admit, you know. Yeah. Like, We're going to give the girl variant blonde highlights and barrel curls, just so you know that... <laughs> Mostly when it comes to the Eternals, I'm just sad that Kumail Nanjani potentially felt the pressure to take human growth hormone. Uh, not, yeah. <laughs> not a strong allegation, <laughs> just using my eyes, uh, for a movie that was considered the worst of all Marvel superhero movies. I mean, you can't undo that, I guess. Or maybe you can. Can you? Or does it like permanently kind of mess up your I'm body? I'm really not sure, but it seems like so many who allegedly Again, using one's eyeballs uh, to determine who who get to that level, attempt to keep it up because I guess once you're there, you don't want to lose it anyway. Yeah. And that's why we have like in. ridiculously like way too beefed up, ripped dudes playing like characters who are written as like you know wiry and scrawny originally and. Now everybody's going to be like a like a slab of beef. Yeah, learn from Keanu Matrix, who has clearly trained in a lot of martial arts over his career, uh, but doesn't feel the pressure to be like a cement block, you know? Yeah. yeah. It still works. Like, you're a movie star. You don't Shockingly. have to look like you're a contestant on The Bachelorette. Yes, unless <laughs> you're in a movie about a reality dating TV show based on a hit novel about a reality dating TV show. Um, call me. Uh, I will give New Matrix. Um, I'll give it four out of five enigmatic cats. Oh. I liked it except for the action sequences, which were like pretty good, but not like shocking in a way that I would have wanted. I will give it 4.5 uh, genetically engineered straw babies out of five. I really enjoyed it. And I thought that it was very well done. It was very clever. It was very different in some ways to the original Matrix, but it also was like much more like the Matrix movies than the Matrix movies. Like it was very much like freeing and truly like unabashedly about love and a love story and the ability for small people to create big change in a system that feels insurmountable to overthrow. And I love that about it. I wish that they had done even more like interesting camera work and action shots because like there are scenes from the original trilogy that I still think about, like just the mind bendingness of of the camera work that was so innovative. And I wish that they there had done no a little spoon. bit more of that, but <laughs> sorry. You said Um, yeah, I don't remember what I was going to say. Good movie. Good movie. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't help myself, Sadie. (laughs) I apologize. No, I loved it. I hope that Spoonbender Kid was one of the ones who was just an unnamed fat character in this somewhere. (laughs) I give this movie... 
15 hot techno goths crammed on a spaceship built for five. I loved it. <laughs> it is uh, a little longer than I would prefer, and I will probably skip to my favorite parts upon rewatch, but it just made me feel so joyful and happy at the end and was really what I didn't know that I needed media-wise at the end of 2021 going into 2022. I love Carrie Ann Moss's face. I love the focus that showed her beautiful little facial hairs when Neo looks at her and deep into their eyes. And yeah, like I think that when they kissed near the end of this movie, I felt like what Sadie must feel like watching a rom-com. It gave me that feeling in my heart. <laughs> And <laughs> you're like, I finally I understand it. what this dumb bitch is talking about sometimes. <laughs> no. Sadie, I would never call you dumb. <laughs> Jen sits bolt upright in the spinal tap chair. I know Sadie. I know Sadie now. <laughs> Jen, what fake uh, holographic coffee drinks should people serve us in the simulate that well is I know our they podcast. better bring you an iced one because you are not a hot coffee imbiber indeed I like mine with vanilla ice cream in it and hot also Sadie is a she's a tricky one actually to nail down that order she would you know probably drink a coffee flavored LaCroix if you bling it pumpkin to her. cold brew of oh. course <laughs> With seeds. Uh, Samantha, you know me so well. Uh, one of the I'm many. I'm making one right uh, now, and that's not a joke. One of the many unhinged things in New Sex in the City is a scene in which Charlotte orders two non fat lattes, and it's presented as like, this is. This is my beautiful afternoon treat is like getting a non-fat latte. It's like, oh, come on. And just like that has really come out swinging as the new horror franchise of the times, hasn't it? It is like, <laughs> I, it's, I can't resist watching it. And yet every time Corey and I sit down to pull up an episode, we are like, I'm not sure I can do this. <laughs> it feels terrifying. Oh, God. Why do you do this to yourselves? We gotta know what happens. Have you also been watching New Bachelor? I haven't watched yet. I have been watching New Bachelor and New Bachelor. And uh, and I've been watching original Yellow Jackets. If you want to watch original IP on a premium cabler, uh, check out Yellow Jackets on Showtime, which I probably recommended last week. And have forgotten because my mind is white. You did. Smooth like a stone. <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> yeah, I need to watch Yellow Jackets because I want to take that BuzzFeed quiz about which character you buzz, are. Buzz. I mean, not that that's that ever buzz, buzz stopped me from wink, wink, taking a which character jackets quiz hive. are you before, you know, like not having watched the property. You are young Natalie and uh, you'll, uh, but like <laughs> a blend. <laughs> Uh, Corey and I were doing like blends of them. I'm like, I'm a Misty Thaisa, and I think you would be like a Natalie Shauna, but I'm not sure. You'll have to I'm tell have me to later after you watch it or after you read the Wikipedia quiz. summary for the entire series. I probably will the entire read series. the Wikipedia summary. I actually read the book of you because I put it on hold at the library when all the you season three memes were popping up on my Instagram discover page and it finally came available. And I was like, God, why didn't I just read the Wikipedia summary? This was so long and I don't want to know. 
this much about the inside of Penn Badgley's head. Yeah. Um, you should rate us on stuff and listen to us and tweet at us. Yes. At YSSTOG. And you can write to us at YSSTOG podcast at Gmail, which we rarely check, but we do sometimes. We get really psyched when you send us an email. Yeah, the at YSSTOG is our Twitter where we tend to be most active, except that Samantha and Sadie have mostly abandoned me on Twitter for mental health reasons at the beginning of the year, which I respect. But also, I am kind of shitty at getting the updates on the Twitter in a timely fashion. So bear with us there. And I still announce what movies we're doing and tend to post the episodes. So you uh, so Samantha's got us covered can still check it to keep (laughs) apprised uh, of what movie you should watch in advance. And if you deign to support us streaming all of these films um, on our Patreon, as we said before, patreon.com slash YSSTOG, you can join our Discord server and talk to us about stuff on there. And there are um, various rewards at different tiers. And Sadie makes you glorious playlists. And I am excited to listen to the one coming up this month. And oh, yeah. And if you I join our Nora one, tier, um, you can like even select a movie for us to watch. Slash Gen Z Golden Girls. Jen, I have to talk about my Golden Girls <laughs> playlist that I'm incredibly do. proud of. Please do. Because number one, I did put Miami Ice by Young Gravy as the number one first (laughs) song on the playlist. So if that doesn't incentivize you, I don't know what will. And also a K-pop song called Cheesecake. I hate to say I'm a genius, but I have to say it because it's genius, like (laughs) three syllables. You've been geniusified. Ahem, ahem. Ahem, I'm Sadie. Ahem, ahem. I would like to thank our lovely, wonderful Patreons who are not at all um, currently trapped in the Matrix. Logan, Logan Mayonnaise, Andrew, Althea, Xenolon, Sharon, Justin, Evan, Liz, Brittany, Ace, Mara, Raimi, The Void, Heartleaf, Ave with Teeth, Hadas, Ryan, and Maddie. We love you all so much. Oh, also shout out. Happy birthday, Logan Mayonnaise. I think that I saw um, I saw a mutual friend yes. of Sadie share a birthday message for our, our beautiful little Logan Mayonnaise. I hope it's been a good one. It it's won't be. Because Logan Mayonnaise birthday, is the only one who actually is trapped in the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the name Sadie Reg. Poor Logan. If you ever see someone with brightly colored hair, follow them and then try to walk through a mirror and report back. (laughs) Let us know what you find. (laughs) 